Welcome to Pastor John Miller's Cultural Impact Podcast, brought to you by Church on the Rock. Welcome to Pastor John's Cultural Impact Podcast, a podcast that's all about timeless wisdom for a modern culture. I'm Travis, and I'm here with Pastor John, and we're about to dive into some really interesting topics today. But first of all, Pastor John, you doing well? I am doing great. Awesome. Well, we're glad you're here, and we have some really good things to talk about. So let's go ahead and jump in if you want to read that first spot. All right. Uh, After a Super Bowl victory, the Eagles coach was asked how he went from coaching high school to winning a Super Bowl. He said, I can only give the praise to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for giving me this opportunity. So why did he say something so politically incorrect? Well, maybe because it's true. Maybe he realizes that God's kindness is behind every good thing in life. The air we breathe, the health we enjoy, and the talents we have are a gift from God. Maybe we should thank him, too. Hey, I'll tell you what. That was one of the best football games I've seen in a long Absolutely. time. I mean, came all the way down to the end. And here you have a professional coach who, I mean, the epitome of his career has done all these amazing things, just won the Super Bowl. And I thought it was just incredible that his first thing he wanted to say was to give acknowledgement to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we live in a politically charged environment where a lot of people who are on that pedestal will not step out and risk their faith. If you could just speak into that for a second, why would someone who's, uh, I guess, eclipsed this pinnacle, why would they risk so much to talk about Christ. Yeah, before I do, uh, who are you for in the game? Uh, I was I was I was a Pats fan, but uh, I had to eat a little crow after the game. But yeah, we we, we watched it together. I, I, I used a lot of Kleenexes. I, I will say I will say. <laughs> Tom Brady is uh, mortal, so he <laughs> fell. Uh, but it was it was good to see a Christian, uh, the quarterback and the head coach, just give glory to God. Oh, so, oh yeah, team members. They said the Lord's prayer in the dressing room yeah. afterwards. There were a number of players that participated in it. So back to the question: Why would you say something like that on not just national TV, but the world is watching? Yeah. Well, perhaps as I said in this in the little spot, it's trite but true. He said this because it is true. Yeah. I mean, we live in a world today and we just assume that tomorrow's going to be like today and we'll have our health and our eyes are going to work. We'll have air to breathe. Food. I mean, everything that we just take for granted. Yeah. And we live with this massive sense of entitlement and, and we're blinded, you know, just really by the pride of life. But perhaps he's really come to grips with the fact that all the good things in life come from the Lord. There's a quote in the book of Acts when, when uh, Paul said of Jesus that in Christ we live and move and have our being, which literally means every good thing in our life is from God. The Bible calls him in Colossians the sustainer of the world. In other words, all the processes, the process of gravity, you know, how rain falls to the earth, evaporation, all the cycles and processes that work, laws of aerodynamics, thermodynamics, God is the one that sustains these processes. So when you realize something like that, that God is behind it all, that God gave me the the, the mental clarity, the the passion, the desires that I have. I mean, obviously I walked with him through education. You know, uh, he had to be on the team making the calls, but yet he recognized God's hand in his life and he simply wanted to tell people. Because what a crime it would be if I had the cure for cancer and I could literally, I don't know if you saw, this was an old movie, but it was a Star Trek movie. And the doctor went through a hall and he gave this woman a pill for her kidney. And just like that, it produced a brand new kidney. 
Well, if you had some kind of incredible medical breakthrough like that, what would the world think of you if you kept it to yourself? Right. And if you didn't tell people and didn't share people? Well, that's exactly what it is with Christ. We're not trying to push religious views on people. We're trying to throw a life preserver to people that are literally drowning because of sin. Yeah. We're trying to give bread to hungry people and drink to, to thirsty people. Yeah. And uh, plus, the Bible commands us as a Christian that we're supposed to tell the world, and it's known as our Christian witness. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we can be silent as a Christian witness. Well, well, what if the quarterback, if he'd have been silent about his witness? I mean, you know, he lifted a finger in the air to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, he told people he wanted to be a pastor one day. Well, his words and his actions, plus his character, gave him a platform to influence people for Christ. So yeah. their actions could literally, you know, see many people come to heaven because of uh, because of their example and what they said. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a stage to, to do that. But I guess a follow-up would be to that, you know, most people don't have that kind of platform. Yep. What would you say to the average believer uh, who doesn't have uh, the NFL stage? What could they do to glorify the name of God? Well, we all have a platform. A teacher has a classroom. A coach has a team. Uh, you have Facebook friends. Uh, you, you go in you know, restaurants and stores and you meet waitresses and sales clerks. Uh, we have people that live on a street, our neighbors. We have a circle of influence. And it doesn't just have to, excuse me, be in the millions to be, to be effective. Yeah. God has literally, I believe that as the scripture in Acts again says, God has inserted us in time. Yeah. He has placed us in a certain where we live. You were raised in Hooks, Texas. I was raised in a small town in Mississippi or in Texarkana. There's a guidance of God behind us and, and, and we can literally believe that, that His influence is bringing us to contact people so we might be able to lead them to Christ. So number one, I would say don't look at how big your circle is. Just take advantage of it. Yeah. Number one, live the life. You know, my words won't be listened to or entreated if I'm living a life in opposition to the Bible's teaching. So live the life. And then don't be afraid to say it. Don't push it down people's throats. But as the Bible says, speak the truth in love. Yeah. Now, we live in a world today that's increasingly hostile to the Christian message. Um, I read just today, it was in Bristol, England. And a teacher in her classroom, she was being quizzed about her religious beliefs. She wasn't pushing them. She was being quizzed about her beliefs. And uh, 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 someone asked her a question about uh, morality, sexual morality. She t gave them a biblical answer. And literally true, she lost her job. Wow. But not only did she lose her job, she was turned over to a department that investigated her for being some kind of you know, terrorist, antagonistic, revolutionary, because someone was offended. Wow. So you need to be aware in our world today that I could lose my job for standing yeah. for Christ. But on the flip side, just because there's a possible risk, it doesn't mean I should do it. Yeah. You know, you got to count the cost, and, but, and sometimes it's costly. John the Baptist stood before Herod, and he told Herod, hey, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be with your brother's wife. And she got angry and cut his head off. Well, guess yeah. what? Nobody wants to die like that, but death is an instant. And I would rather have an eternity with God having stood for my faith, yeah. even if it costs me a lot. So. Yeah, that's great. And we're only held accountable for what we can do. I that's mean, right. I, I can't go be the head coach of the Eagles. That's right. But in my, flu my influence, I, I can influence sure. people. That's great. Let's jump into the next one, Pastor John. All right. Now, you got me on two pages here. I'm going to have to <laughs> be uh, a little more deaf to do this. Uh, there's some ancient advice that tells us uh, what to do when we mess up. The Bible says, if you hide your sins, you will not succeed. But if you confess and reject them, you'll receive mercy. 
Whether it's public scandals in Washington or mistakes at home, we've got two choices. We can lie, shift the blame, and threaten our accusers, or we can admit it, make changes, and ask for mercy. Sooner or later, uh, all sin will be exposed and judged. It may be hard now, but it's better to deal with it God's way. Yeah, and let's face it, none of us are perfect. Mm -mm. You know, start with you and I. Uh, We all mess up. We all sin. But over the last several months, I mean, it's been very evident in newspapers, on the news media. There's been a lot of big scandals and a lot of uh, sin, if you will, that's been going around with very high caliber uh, and high impact people. So my question today is this. uh, Very easily, how do we, as the average Christian, how do we avoid scandal in living a life of sin? Maybe we should get Zach over here to help us. <laughs> How do we avoid scandal and live in a life of sin? Well, first of all, I don't think enough, uh, there can ever be enough laws and rules to make us behave. Right. You know, the Bible says that the law, the Old Testament was given to basically, be, it says in Galatians, a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ, to, to show us our failures, to show us right and wrong, to show us our inability to do what's right. I don't have enough willpower to make myself always do right. Because my flesh wants to you know, be out there gratified and in control. Two things, of course, I think are extremely crucial. Number one, it's the fear of God. And the fear of God keeps me from consequences. The fear of God causes me to tell the truth, to not lie, whatever. But it's also my love for God. Yeah. And, and, and the greatest commandment in all the Bible is to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Well, look, my, my wife's away on a, on, a, on a mission trip for two weeks. I would never think of having an affair while she's gone. Obviously, I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, mess my marriage up or my family or kids or divorce or all that. But I don't want to sin against God. And that's what Joseph said. You remember in the Old yeah. Testament in Genesis, Joseph was in Egypt. Uh, he was, you know, uh, he had a great deal. I mean, he was a slave. But he's living in like the vice president's house and he's the manager of the household. He's at work and his wife hits on him and says, sleep with me. And he runs out and he said, how could I do such a great thing and sin against God? Right. So really the root of it is if you want to stay on a narrow path and walk with God, have a, start every day, get up in the morning talking to the Lord in prayer. Uh, take some time to read your Bible. You know, let, you, let your conversation with God be the first thing you have in the morning, not the last thing at night. Yeah. And then do your best to walk with God during the day. Yeah. I mean, but if I'll start my day, you know, orienting myself towards the right pathway, and if I will endeavor to walk with Him during the day, if I'll keep myself accountable, if I have uh, friends in my life, I, I have people that if I'm struggling, if I'm tempted with, you pick, whatever the sin may be, I have people that I tell. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not something you have to post on Facebook, but it, it can be as simple as just telling a friend, I need you to pray for me. I'm struggling or I'm struggling with that thing again. And something happens when we get our struggles uh, out of the dark and into the light. I mean, it helps us expose yeah. what's what's going on and what's there. Yeah. So those are two big thoughts. Yeah. And, and you know, there is a difference between, you know, uh, accidentally committed a sin and living in sin. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people, you know, they choose to not ask for forgiveness and yeah. just continue to live in that. But uh, I guess my last question would be this. If someone is living a life of sin right now where they've yeah. just turned their back on God, you know, that maybe they had a past relationship with God, but they've just walked away. What yeah. would your advice be to them? Wow. Well, first of all, I want to tell you, God loves you. Uh, When the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life, he knew everything about my sins. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
So like what, what we do wrong doesn't catch God by surprise. And probably the greatest illustration of this is what Jesus told in Matthew when he talked about the parable of the prodigal son. And you know the story, here's a son that had basically, you know, thumbed his nose at his dad, took dad's money, you know, uh, ran off, took the credit cards, the, everything, and he wasted it all. Yeah. Uh, but the Bible says when he repented and he came to himself, and this is a picture of us in God, when he started to go back home to his father, the Bible says the father was looking at him. Yeah. And that's a picture of God. And, God. and the Bible says the father ran to him. And the son wanted to beat himself up and chide himself, but the dad, because he realized he'd repented, he was sorry for his sin. He didn't just say, bless me, I, you know, I'm gonna go sin some more. He was sorry. The father put the best ring on his hand, killed the fatted calf, gave him a, 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 a robe, not because he approved of what he's done, Sin carries consequences. You know, when we mess up, we carry the shame and the guilt of it. Yeah. Uh, but God wants us to come to him. The Bible says in Hebrews, when it talks about Jesus as our great high priest, it says he was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. And then it says these amazing words, let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we might find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. What does that mean? Don't run away from God with your sin, run to him because he's anxious for you to come to him. That's great. You know, I think that's a great way to, to end today. I mean, God loves you. He cares about you. And uh, next week, we're going to dive into a lot more great topics. All right. Um, I'm Travis. This is Pastor John. Zach's uh, taking care of us on the technical side. Any other further comments? Yeah. Are there any sins you want to confess before the world today? <laughs> I, I, think, I think I need to confess being a Patriots fan. I mean, I feel like the Lord didn't bless them. But anyway, we're so glad that you tuned in. We'll see you next week, see you next week. and uh, we love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast, Timeless Wisdom for a Modern Culture. 